Hello, everybody. This is Jay Denson, and welcome to another episode of Fit Health Well. This young lady I had on my show before, and if you go back and listen to episode uh, 29, uh, she was on our Sexy and Fit episode, um, and she is a dear friend of mine. I met her uh, some time ago, and uh, you know, since then, we've just established a great, great connection, and she actually has a new, vent- uh, a new business venture, and it really caters uh, towards Black people, African-American Black people in general, um, and I would say, you know, with the wellness aspect of our brand, um, there is there's something that needs to be addressed, and it's the financial wellness, um, and this is specifically for Black people, our people, right? And if you are listening to this, um, you know, there are gaps within our community, uh, and I'll give you some examples, you know, uh, and I was a product of this as well. Um, what we tend to do and lack is pass down generational wealth, right? Um, we're not financially educated. Um, unfortunately, many of us, you know, by the time we are adults, we don't have any savings, right? We don't have anything put away. Um, Even more so when we pass and we die, we don't have life insurance, right? And I don't think that's talked about enough, um, you know, because it could be, it could become a, a financial burden. Your untimely death is something that you have to think about whether you have a spouse, uh, whether you have kids, or even loved ones that you may leave behind the burden of, you know, the cost of a funeral, if that's the case, um, or or anything like that. So, you know, she has this business venture and and I want we're going to get into uh, detail about it and and just how to better set yourself up financially. So without further ado, uh, I want to reintroduce Shakira Moran. Shakira, how are you, girl? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm super excited to to be back on it. I had a great time last episode I was on, and I'm hyped to do this one with you as well. Awesome, so thank man. you. Yeah, no problem, man. You, you, you're a friend of the show. So anytime you come back <laughs> on and you got a new project, I'm gonna have you on immediately. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, I saw your um, you know, I was I was uh, you know, of course we follow each other on, on Instagram and, and our socials and stuff. And I saw your, your project and, uh, you know, I thought it was very, very meaningful rather than just reach out to a stranger. Um, you know, why not reach out to somebody I know and, and, and kind of discuss these issues. And before we get into, you know, specifically, uh, the services that you're providing, I want, I want you to address the, the, the issue for the financial issues that black people, um, and specifically more so in America, are facing in this country? Yeah, so that, I mean, if you look at our wealth gap compared to our white counterparts, we are eight times, we make eight times less than our white counterparts. So it's a huge, a huge issue that's impacting our, um, our family structures, our, you know, just our businesses, our life, and it's going to impact our future. Um, so I, I started a financial planning practice. I've always been a financial person. Um, when I used to run my mentoring program, that was one uh, course that I drove home to my um, my mentees about financial awareness and financial literacy and managing your money. And I feel like a lot of people, we're something that we're not taught when we're young. We hear the term financial literacy and we think, oh, yeah, you know, it's financial literacy. But we really don't know what it actually means. I, I find sometimes like we don't understand what financial literacy means and how to actually execute, execute it. So um, with, with my practice, I 
take the time to educate people about financial literacy. You know, it includes saving, budgeting, investing. And my my big goal is to get people prepared for retirement because I feel we are stuck in the present too much that we don't think about the future. And also to protect our, our assets. Our biggest asset is ourselves with life insurance, you know, disability insurance, just, just thinking ahead and um, not living so much in the present, but lo- living in the future time. So I feel like that's a big hindrance that's keeping us that wealth gap between uh, blacks and whites um, so far apart. It's not the main reason, but it's one of the reasons that we need to address and take care of as a community. Absolutely. And you just brought this up as well. And we're going to break uh, break this down um, for anyone that's listening and is very curious about it. So um, to anyone that doesn't know, you know, what are assets like? Let's just get a definition of that. Um, yes, and perfect. how important, yeah, how definitely how important is that? So assets are anything that can generate income. Um, it could be yourself. Or I always say you are your biggest asset because you you generate income. Um, it could be a car that you have if you're like a Lyft driver or Uber driver, a food delivery person. It could be um, your your home if you have like uh, tenants in your home that generates income. So an asset is anything that's going to bring you income. So that's what that's what we we want to protect, and that's what life insurance essentially does. It protects your asset. It protects you in case anything was to happen to you. Your family could prepare can um, take care of themselves when you're not here anymore. And they can um, take care of the funeral expenses because who wants to be stressed out about how to find ways to bury you when you, you die? You want to have time to grieve. And life insurance is one of those uh, risk management tools that protects your asset yourself. Absolutely. And that, thank you for breaking that down for us and, um, and also the listeners that are listening to this as well. Um, I want to touch on something that you said earlier, too. Um, and you said financial literacy. And, you know, I'm going to do a, a 180 from that and, and even throw myself into the barrel and say for many years, many, many years, probably not until I was into my 30s, um, mm-hmm. I was financial. I was a financially illiterate. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I didn't know anything of the powers of, you know, a Roth I. IRA, right, or savings and, and, and just having these things built up um, until it was time, you know, until it was time for me to retire, right? You, I wasn't thinking about retirement. Um, I would think, I would even say more so as a young Black man, like, and I continue to see this trend of Black people in general, and, and I don't have the numbers. I've, I should have put the numbers before this, and I apologize for that. But, you know, we are the biggest consumers um, in the in America. There is a, there's an astronomical amount of money that we spend. However, when we look at things that we own, um, you know, we, we don't own anything, right? We don't own property. Uh, it's a very small percentage of us that owns businesses and things like that. Uh and then from my memory, and I, it, it could be a little different now because it's been a while since, you know, I've graduated from school um, and I would say middle school and high school. But, you know, financial classes really wasn't a standard in, 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 in urban city schools. Right. That wasn't part of the curriculum. So what I would say is for someone that's financially illiterate or they're looking for financial literacy, uh, how would they go about that? There's many ways to do, but I just want to touch back. You're not the only one that was financially literate. Like, I think it's because um, it's not a topic that I spoke about in our households. Um, we're not, we're taught to be consumers by our, just the way um, society is. It pushes us to be consumers. We're, we're conditioned to be consumers and not savers, not investors, not business owners. We're taught to be 
job takers, not job makers. And I think that's it. It happens. You're not the only one that went through that. Like I went through that in my life and it gets to a point where you're like, wait a minute, I want different. I want better. You know, why is this person have this and not me? How did they get that? So I think that's um, that's common in, in a lot of households. And like you said, it's not taught in our school systems, but our parents, you know, our parents, the generations before us, they were just trying to get get by, you know. They didn't have access to the information we have now. Um, so we have so much information, um, which would help us with financial literacy. But one thing I want people to be careful of is with all the information, sometimes you get you drown because there's so much stuff coming um, back and forth that you just you're like, oh, yeah, I heard of it. I'm familiar with it, but you don't really know how it works. So for, for people like yourself and um, people that I work with. I say the best thing to do is to sit down and actually study it and learn about financial literacy, ask the questions. You know, um, I used to always wonder about Roth IRA and 401k until I sat down and, and studied the differences and what, what are the benefits for each one? You know, there's always someone that you can go to and, and ask. Um, there's a lot of online schools that are starting up now. Um, I am a student of EYL, Earn Your Leisure. They're one of the top business schools in the um, in United States, and they they have international students as well. Um, so there, there's a lot of ways for you to learn. Um, you just have, one have to know that you you know accept that you need to learn something new about this, and want to further educate yourself. I am a resource. Um, I'm a Black financial planner. I am here to answer any questions. You know, my services are free. There are no 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 fee based with it, and anything you want to know, you can you can ask me. So. That's beautiful. And thank you. And thank you for 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 stating that. Right. Because, um, again, like for someone that, that probably they don't want either they don't want to put themselves in debt or they don't have the money. Right. To mm-hmm. to, um, you know, educate themselves or go to school. There are a lot of free resources out there. Yes, um, there are. I think, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, financial a financial planner um, is definitely an asset, especially mm-hmm. in terms of going about that. And the question I would have for you is. Let's just say someone wanted to just start saving, right? Um, they, they, you know, they did the education or whatever. But what would you say is the the, the first thing that they should do in terms of? Because as I run through this with my mind, the the easiest thing I can think of in my head is just have a savings account, right? Have mm-hmm. a savings account. Um, there's a bunch of accounts also out there. Um, Wealth Simple, I think, is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. where like you you put money in there and you gain interest on it and things like mm-hmm. that, and and you get you get things back. But what would be the 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 first step in terms of financial planning um, that can help us and can help Black people as well? I I, I think the first step will be creating a budget, um, knowing what your fixed expenses are, what your discretionary spending is, and then uh, planning to to save a percentage of your income and put it into a savings account. Like the ideal number is 20%. You should be saving 20% of your, your income. And when you say income, it's the amount of money you bring in minus your fixed expenses. That is like your working income. Most people think their income is what they get after they get their check, but it's not because you have to pay your bills first and then whatever's left over, then you you establish a saving pattern. So my ideal number is 20%. Of course, not everyone can hit that. But I say as long as you save in at least 10% or putting something aside, it's great. And I love high yield savings accounts because I feel like traditional banks, they give you part half, 50%, you know, interest on it. And what the banks do is they take your money and then they invest it and get a return on it. So I always encourage people to get high yield savings accounts. Um, the one that I use is American Express. They have a high yield savings account. And when I first signed up, I think I was earning like 
3% of my of interest rate, which is pretty good compared to traditional savings accounts. And um, I love automatic savings accounts where it, it takes it out to your account and you don't even worry about it. Um, that's always a plus. I always encourage my um, clients to, to do go that route because that way, you know, sometimes things happen and you're like, oh, I really don't want to put $300 away this week. Let me just save it and I'll do it next week. And guess what? Next week never happens. So that's why you do the automatic savings. So first you will want to start with a budget so you can know what you're going to save and be realistic. Don't say, well, I'm going to save $500 a month when you really, you know, don't say 500 this month and 300 that month and 500 next month. Just give an average and save 250 a month. That way you're consistent and it's, it's a consistent process. So do the automatic savings if, you, if you're not disciplined enough to go and put the money in the account yourself. And then always go for high yield savings accounts because you're going to get money back on your investment. And that's some great advice, uh, uh, Shakira, that you said as well, too, because um, I think typically what what we tend to do as well is I don't do this. Uh, I like to control what's coming out of in and out of my bank account. Um, but if in terms of savings, I don't mind. I think what happens with us is we have automatic payments on the opposite end of that. Um, and then that's how a lot of us come into overdraft. And in the past, when again, when I had poor habits, that would happen to me. I wasn't keeping track of what bills were coming out of my checking account. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I'm negative. What happened? Right. And, you know, that's that's a, a root cause of um, poor financial planning and illiteracy. Um, so I really like what you said. And like, even if, you know, my takeaways from that, that portion of it is, you know, let's just say, for example, every two weeks, you are making 1200 after taxes, 240, that's 20%, right? Uh, if you set that up and put that to the side, um, not only is it something that you don't have to worry about, but you, if it's deducted, if you already make the pre-deductions um, from your account, then it's almost like you don't miss it, if I would say, if, exactly. if that's right, if that's a little, if that's a way to say it. Exactly. Oh, my next question I'd have for you regarding that too is, um, what options is available to us in terms of, you know, the, the, there's, you know, of course, there's savings accounts and things like that. But, you know, what can we put our money in? What are some good investments where we can see our money grow? I think that's also important. So with the investment piece, it depends on what type of investor you are. Are you um, an aggressive investor? Are you uh, um, are you trying to make a because, you know, there are different types of people. There are people I'm more of a, um, I want to see my money grow investor. So I tend to invest my money in um, companies that. I hold in there for 10 to 15 years. It's not like a, a I want to get in, get out, get in, get out. I want to let my money grow. Like, for instance, there's a story about Apple. People who started with Apple 10 years ago, you know, their shares was, was um, I think it was like under $30. And now if you look at the shares now, it's a lot of growth, but you can't put your money in and take it right out. So you got to look at what type of investor you are. Um, for people who are not um, risky investors, I always uh, recommend uh, mutual funds, those um, those are like ways to grow your money. I have a couple of um, uh, mutual fund accounts where I just let my money sit in there and grow, you know, very, very non-risk. Um, you can also look at, um, I like ETFs too. Um, and then I'm not a date, I'm not a trader. So, mm -hmm. so I don't have too much uh, information on trading because that's not my, my style, but I guess it would depend on what type of investor you are. So this, for people who are safer, you will go for mutual funds, you'll go for um, ETFs, things of that nature, where your money is growing um, and it's not too much of a risk, but it's still, you're still getting a good return on it. Well, exactly. And could you just explain what an ETF is? So ETF is exchange trade fund. So it consists of different companies. 
Um, they could be uh, mid cap, small cap, large cap. It's a bunch of companies. And the beauty of it is that um, if one company is not doing good, the other companies are doing better. So it kind of balances itself out where you're not betting on one company and that company goes down. Like, cause a couple of months ago, my, my portfolio was red <laughs> because the stock market wasn't that great. So you get, you with ETFs, you get like a little protection, you know, you get like, all right, it's a mixture of different companies. And then um, if one company is not doing well, the other one will be doing well. And then your portfolio kind of balances itself out. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so like the, my, my next question for you as well too, and, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, man, and this is why I wanted to do this show. Cause I, I was like, you spoke to my soul um, when you, when you did this mission, because I would reflect um, before I started having better, better um, spending mm-hmm. habits, but I would always think about, how I just wasted money, man. Like constantly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> I would waste money. Like I would buy things impulsively or I would buy something that I would just use one time or buy clothing that I probably wore once or twice. And it, you know, when you add all of that up, I don't even want to know how much money I blew um, just on random impulse buying, right. On items. Um, what would you say? What would give us some example of some poor spending habits that, us as black people typically have and how can we correct it oh it's not just black people it's a lot of people (laughs) different everybody has that but i would say the uh one thing that i noticed in my community is um name brand stuff like we are name well we want to have the latest name brand we want to have the latest sneakers and all that stuff is great um but i always say invest in the company like if you're going to own a bunch of Jordans, you should have some Nike stock. Like you should have some type of stock in that company. So I think a lot of us um, are overspenders. We um, sometimes live outside of our means, not knowing, um, you know, when to, to back down, when to say no. Like, for instance, um, this month is May. I went out a lot with my friends. So next month I'm not going out because I want to keep stay within my budget and it's it's nice to go out but people need to know when to cut it off you know i think that that happens too much we don't know when to cut it off we don't know when to say no so i feel that's something that we um we struggle with also not understanding assets versus liabilities we don't understand liabilities are things that take away money from us you know that cost us stuff and i feel like we some you you brought this up we don't own property we don't have businesses because we're also always taught to be consumers so I feel like we should switch that narrative and not preach consumerism, but preach being an investor, you know, and, and investing, it doesn't just mean that stock market, it means investing in yourself, your education, um, sitting down with, with someone to find out about your finances. So we have to switch the narrative and stop being consumers all the time and be more investors. Absolutely. Um, there's something and I, and I, I probably felt like I should have started with this first because it's the mm-hmm. foundation to everything else. But um, the credit score. Right. Oh, like we, it's so funny you said we, that because. Yeah, go before, ahead. Before uh, we were meeting, I'm actually teaching a credit score, a credit um, course in June. So I was actually working on the um the curriculum and the PowerPoint. So it's so funny that you mentioned that because a lot of my clients I've been meeting with are like, oh, I need to improve my credit score. And it's so much um, misconceptions out there about credit scores. And I mean, I was a, a, um, a victim of it because for years, my credit score stayed at 685 and I couldn't get it up. And I finally sat down, studied it, 
got my credit score over 750 now. So it's just, there's ways that you can do it. You don't have to really pay any, you don't have to pay anyone to do it for you. Like the course I'm going to teach in June, I'm dropping in June, it's going to have all those gems and what I use to bring my credit score up. So yeah, credit score is something that that we all struggle with. We either we had struggled with it or we do now, but it's something that everyone goes through. Exactly. And 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 from my own experience, right, in my own research, I think what people need to understand about your credit score is uh, there's so many things to understand, but here's the basics, right? Um, in the States, uh, it's Equifax Meridian. And what is it? Equifax Meridian. What's the third one? If you can help me with it. TransUnion. Mm-hmm. And TransUnion. Thank you. So that's an experience. Yeah, exactly. So there's so many there's so many aspects to it because, you know, on Equifax, you know, you may have a 650 while on TransUnion, you have a 700. Let's say you go to apply to finance a car. Right. And they probably looking at your lowest credit score. And it's something right. It's something that you have to speak into people and and, and being after being educated on it is you have to do your own homework and find out if your credit score is remaining stagnant. Why is it remaining stagnant? If you've been paying your bills, um, if you don't have any outstanding debt, uh, you need to contact them and that needs to be corrected. Right. Um, but it, everything starts, you know, prior to the savings and prior to, um, you know, the putting the money away in stocks and things like that. We have to be honest with ourselves and say, Hey, either a, I have a really bad credit score and I have to fix it or B, okay, let me go on a plan where I can improve my credit score because you can't acquire assets, you can't get a business, right? You can't do any of this um, with a, if you don't have a proper credit score. And I think for a very long time, um, that's something that's been ignored in our community. Like we just kind of blow it off. Like, ah, oh, I'll pay this bill next month. So, ah, oh, and no, like even when it comes down to your cell phone bill, Verizon, if I didn't have good credit, I remember when I first signed up for Verizon, if I had good credit, I was not getting that Verizon. Um, the first iPhone when it came out and, and, and a friend of mine at the time, like they had to get prepaid. And I'm like, you know, you can't live off a of prepaid. Like that's just not, you know, not the move to go. Right. So the credit, the, the credit score and something that you have to constantly, constantly work on. And that, that I would say that goes hand in hand with budgeting. Would you say that? But credit score and budgeting, um, maintaining your credit score and, and maintaining your budget is like essential in the whole financial planning process. And I would even add credit scores, bad credit scores cost you more money. You have to pay higher interest rates. Sometimes jobs look at your credit. If it's, if it's a top-notch executive job, they, they run your credit. I mean, they can, they, by law, they can they just let you know what it says. But you, there's been times where jobs have run your credit to see if you're reliable. So credit scores are very important. Don't shy on them. Don't think, oh, you know, they put me to collections. I'll take care of that later. No, you want to make sure your credit score is good because you missed out on the good things. Like your interest rates are higher if you don't have a credit because you're more of a risk and a liability to them. Um, You might not be able to get a job. It determines where you live when you go looking for apartments, not just homes. When you go look for apartments, car notes, if you have bad credit, you're, you pay a higher interest rate. So we want to make sure our credit is up to par. And then one thing with credit scores that I'm learning is it could be a form of generational wealth that you could pass down to your children. Like once you have a good credit score, you can add your children to um, your credit report, credit card, and they get that long, good payment history. 
So by the time they get older and they go apply for something, they have a good credit history rating. So, so it's a means to pass on generational wealth to your family once you get it done instead of correctly. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's thank you for for, for pointing that out, because that's that's something that's so key. Right. Like we think of monetary gains in terms of, you know, money and, and passing that down. But also the credit is very, very important. Yes, yeah, very important because they, they when you look at credit score, they look at the history of your payments. They look at how long you've had good payments. So if you like both my children, my oldest two children, they are both on my credit card. So by the time they get 18, 21, they have they have a great credit score history and it's 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 gonna be beneficial to them whenever they go out in life. So that's one way you could pass down generational wealth um to your children. Nice. Now speaking of generational wealth as well, um let's say you know we have parents out there as well too. Um what's the best thing that they can do? Uh, you know, I don't have kids yet, but I would imagine the, the the day I find out my wife is pregnant, like I'm putting money. I have money put aside already, but I'm already putting money away. Um, but what is the best advice you could give to anybody in terms of financial planning for, you know, your children and setting them up financially for the future? What are the best things that you could do for them? There, yeah, there's so many great ways that you can do that. Um, I would say the first way is a life insurance policy. Um, a whole life insurance policy where you can um, you can put so a, the difference between term and whole or permanent term is like more of they give you a certain amount of years that you'll be covered. Whole life insurance covers you till you're 120 years old. I don't know. Wow. You may live to that to age. So it covers you to 120 years old and it has cash value. So it's a nice vehicle for you to build cash value. You can take it out on your children when they get a certain age. And they can have money put away so that because the dip they the company pays dividends. So you collect money, you get those dividends and you reinvest it. And at the end of the policy, you can have a nice lump sum of cash. Like once once you turn 80 or 65, you can start taking money out, interest free loan. Um, that's one way you could do it. You can also open up um, a Roth um, account for your child if they're of a certain age. You can hire them to work for you. That's why it's important that I, I always promote every family to have a family business. Um, you can use the Roth IRA. You can um, Your child could be your cleaner, your photographer, you know, whatever you, you find a job for them to do. You can add money to their Roth IRA account up to, I think it's 5000 a year or no more than 6000 And that can be a way for you to build generational wealth for your children. Um, so those are two, two good ways that you can start nice. building generational wealth for your children, yeah. And with the whole life insurance, just touching on that briefly as well, um, it's great, you know, that you got it up to 120 uh, if you live that long. Um, but also, like, say, for example, let's say by the time they're 18 and you want to take money out or they want to take money out for college, uh, I would assume they're able to do that and they would have to pay that back um, as well, yeah, right? You, How you does can, that um, You can take, yeah, you can definitely take money out for college. They also have investment accounts. It's called 529 accounts where you can put money away um, for your children. I have some I have one for each of my children where we put money, I put money away each month. And then when they graduate high school, they get to take that money out. You know, there's no penalties on it. They take it out. As long as it's used for some, for educational purpose, you can, you can take it out. So that's one way, but you can also use, utilize the whole life insurance policy to help pay for education expenses as well. That's awesome. And and let's stay, let's stay on life insurance a bit for a while too, because this is, I think this is something that's, that's not only just critical, but it needs to run parallel writing in terms of savings and things like that. Because um, 
I don't know, man, just even with the whole COVID thing happening, man, there's so many unexpected deaths, right? Like, oh, yeah, feel, definitely. Right, that, that's the thing about death is that I know people that were young and fit. I know people that were older. I know, you know, everybody. And, you know, you have to make sure, like we like we both said earlier, um, that in your untimely demise that, you know, you're not financially ruining your loved ones um, in terms of that. Uh, you gave us a great breakdown of, of the uh, life, the life insurance options that's available. So now I want to start talking about the services that you provide specifically, because I know you said you're a financial planner. Uh, so just give us a brief breakdown of, of, of what it is that you offer in the classes that you teach. So um, I, we, I like to, we like to break, uh, we have four stages in financial planning. So first um, we give our clients a comprehensive or holistic financial plan. So we, we based on three uh, tiers in your life, short-term, mid-term and long-term goals. So we sit down and we get to know what are your goals in life. And then we work on a plan to reach each one of those uh, goals that you have, whether it be short-term, if you're paying your credit, establishing a budget saving, midterm, you know, getting a house or long-term your retirement plans. So that's what we um, we offer. Um, I help people specifically with budgeting, um, with savings, developing a savings plan and sticking to it. I help them with repairing their credit, um, retirement plans. So we look at ve- different vehicles you can use for your retirement plan. And then I help people with insurance products. So whether that be life insurance, um, when you look at life insurance, you look at term, you look at whole, permanent, and then you also look at disability insurance because, again, we're back to protecting our number one asset, which is ourselves. So disability insurance protects that, protects you from that. Um, so that's that's what that's what we really work on. And um, yeah, you said something else that I missed. Did I hit everything? Um, I think it. But no, you actually covered a lot of it. Um, but what I will say this is. I'm going to give you a scenario. We're going to role play real quick. And okay, um, right. Yeah. So I'm coming to you and I'm like, Shakira, like, all right, fine. I'll just listen to what you said. Short term is definitely the one I need. My credit score is 400. I have nothing in savings. I'm actually in the rears in about with $600. And I bring home every two weeks after taxes, 1200, but I'm only have $400 saved like that, that I can spare. Um, how can you help me? So first thing we're going to do is we're going to do a budget. We're going to look at all your fixed expenses, um, your rent, utilities, whether you have loans, um, any type of payments that you, you make regularly on a uh, consistent basis. Then we're going to look at your discretionary spending. Like, do you eat out a lot? Do you hang out a lot? We're going to look at things like that. Once we get that into control, we're going to see what you could afford to put away. The first thing we want to take care of is your credit score. You know, that's that's important. We want to allocate funds for, for savings, but we want to get your credit score um, up to par. And there are several different ways to do that, depending on where you are. And if you have it, like any outstanding collections on your credit score, if um, you just we if there's any errors, because sometimes there will be errors on your report. And if there's errors in your report, we can get those removed, which can raise your credit score. I'm also going to look at how your um paying your, your credit card bills? Are you paying it right at, up to the part when it's due or are you spreading out your payments? So there's a lot of tricks and uh, tactics, not tricks, but tactics we can use to target that credit score. Um, the past due, um, I would want to see who is it with, um, what kind of payment plan they offer up because you want to get on payment plans so so you can get rid of that. Deb, if you have like, if you bring it home 2400 a month, you said? 
Yeah. Every two weeks. Yeah. We want to see how we can best stretch out that, that money so that we can hit every target of your short-term goals. Awesome. Thank you. Just anybody listening, this is just, I just made that up. I'm not bringing home 2,400 a month, just so you know, I'm bringing <laughs> home a lot more, but <laughs> I just wanted to put something simple out there that could just grab in, in everyone's mind in terms of how to break it down. And that's great, right? Because I think what we need to address and, um, you know, I, I brought that up because there's many situations and myself included in the past that has those examples, right? Uh, they are behind on credit cards. Um, they're also, uh, in the rears on, you know, certain things or whatever. And then like, they're just not really seeing the value of their money. I think when you think about it, 2,400 after taxes, and I'm just, this is just like an average, right? I, I would think if it's a respectable income, depending on where you live too, because that's, that's what matters as well. Um, but me being from New York, um, you know, you can definitely get by with that. But if you have really, really bad financial poor habits, you're not really going to see the the worth of your money, right? And actually, you won't, um, because what we find with a lot of people is their discretionary spending is over is over the top. Like you don't have to order Uber Eats every <laughs> every night. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't have to understand. Like sometimes you gotta have to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to get that credit score or get those savings under control. Like it's all about sacrifice and like how much are you willing to sacrifice to get to the goals you wanna you wanna get in life. I don't think anything you put you you obtain in life is done just freely. It's a sacrifice that you have to commit to and a commitment you have to make. If this is what you really want to do. It's going to be some rough nights, but you're going to, but when the reward is going to be so much, so, so there, when you get there, like when I got pregnant with my, um, my, my third, my third child, I was like, okay, I got to get my student loans under control. I got to get savings more. So I put myself on a 30%, um, 70% income, uh, 70%, uh, budget. My, I put everything under 70%, all my bills, my discretionary spending, the other 30% of my income went to savings and paying down student loans. And I was, I went from $40,000 in student loan debt down to 6,000 right now. So it's, it's possible. You can definitely do it. It's possible. It just takes sacrifice, sacrifice. And that's what it is. And a commitment. You, you work hard, you sacrifice now so that when you're 60, 70 years old, you're not struggling. You know, you're enjoying your life. Like we don't want to work hard now and struggle hard and then get 70 and still struggle. (laughs) Like right now is the time where you have to start thinking about retirement. You know, Social Security is going to be here, but it's not going to be at the same rate that you get it now. It's not that high now if you think about it. People with Social Security benefits do not get that much money now. So when we retire, we're going to get like 50% of what you get now. Then you got to think about, oh, I have a 401k. Yeah, but they're going to tax you. Your 401k benefits gets taxed once you once you um, withdraw it. You know, you have to start thinking about it. And yeah, right now you can't go to the club every month or you can't eat Uber Eats out every every week. But I'm telling you, when you're 65 and 70 years old, you're going to you're going to thank yourself exactly. <laughs> for making a sacrifice. Well, what, was, what was like, it's good that you say that because, you know, people need to hear it. It's tangible. Mm-hmm. Like you it's 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 something you could you, you know, you could draw from. And like what were give us some examples of some sacrifices you had to make in order to get to be financially stable again, right? Because yeah. like, what were some well, things you had to cut back on? I, I'm telling you a, a lot of stuff because I'm a single mom. I have three kids, you know? So I live in New York. It's not cheap to live here. <laughs> it's very expensive. Um, cutting down on trips. I used to be a big 
get my passport stamp. Let me go to the Caribbean. Let me go here. Let me go there. No, 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 no. Had to cut that down. Um, and it's okay. You don't get to go away three times this year. You go away one because I know in a couple of years, I'm going to be able to go away three times a year. You know, you just, you think of it like that. Like right now you can't do it, but in two years you can. So let's work towards the two years. Let's get to this two years. Um, eating out. I had to cut back on eating out. Just have to cook more. And it's actually better for you. It's more healthy. One day Uber Eats was charging me like $15 in fees. I'm like, what? $7.99 meal came to 20 something dollars. Like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> so yes, but you gotta cut out um certain stuff. Um, just knowing your limits and not being afraid. Don't be embarrassed. I have no problem telling someone, you know what, right now that's not in my budget. Maybe next week I can swing it, but this week it's not in my budget. Be okay with telling someone it's not in your budget. It is it, it doesn't put no shame on you, you know don't be embarrassed by it. I think sometimes we're embarrassed by telling someone it's not in our budget, but budgeting is, is the key and you have to respect it and you have to follow through it. So don't ever feel like, oh, if I tell her I can't hang out with her, she's going to look at me funny. No, it's just not in my budget this week. Can't, can't swing with it. So yeah. So lots of sacrifice. And um, one thing I did have to cut out was the trips. Another thing I cut out was eating out because eating out adds up. So that's one thing we can start there. Um, and then I had a shoe addict addiction. So I stopped buying a lot of shoes. So that helped save a lot of money. <laughs> so those are things that, you know, you could work out. And remember, this is only temporarily. It's not permanent. You know, you're not on a fix on a budget permanently. It's temporarily. And once you make more money, you get to increase, you know, your spending. But just having people know that they have to set limits within yourself. Self-discipline is key. Exactly. I would say also, like, you know, there's a lot of depressing things that's been going on now within the past over, you know, a year and and some change, probably about a year and a half now since we've been dealing with COVID. But I want to say, like, some of the wins are um, that this is the perfect opportunity to save because, like, where are we going? Oh, my gosh. Right. Like, first of all, if there's any time right now for you to get your financial situation on point. I would say it is now because most of the restaurants and stuff is shut down. You so you can't go you can't go out right to just entertainment wise. Even like something as simple as the movies, you're saving money yeah. there because stuff is digital. Um, so you did, did you, like utilize this time. I think two. I think COVID's taught us two things, right? Um, on a good end. Uh, it taught us how to save and be frugal and actually save money. But on the bad end, um, if you didn't save, you know, now you're in a position where uh, you don't have any savings. You may, let's just say you lost your job, right? And this has happened to me, to so many people, right? Millions of people in North America that really weren't financially set. And even for those that were financially set, they ran through their savings, right? And I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I know you said before um, in regards to save 20 percent of your income. But shouldn't you also have like three months worth of rent saved up? Right. I thought I heard yeah, that. It's- actually, Jay, you should have. They say six, three to six months, but mm-hmm. I advise six, six months up as much as you can, because this this pandemic has taught us that anything can happen at any moment and you have to be prepared. And um one of the the um the guys I follow Ian um he's a master investor he he promotes 60 months of savings which is 5 <laughs> years that, that's a lot for a lot of people yeah. um but i mean it's it's doable 
it's doable. Um, it's a strict, strict, strict budget. Um, it's also being, um, uh, uh, being diversified in your savings, um, accounts. Like for instance, my, my emergency fund, some of it is mutual funds. So I have a, ch- a chunk that's in mutual funds that's still growing. Um, that is, I'm investing and reinvesting the dividends of being reinvested. So I still see a nice return. So I have some of my emergency savings in there. Then I have some cash that I can take off hand in a high yield savings account. So, um, they say three, they always say three months, but after this pandemic, I say six months or more, six months or more. I agree. I mean, and it's easy right now for some people, because you're getting stimulus checks and you're going to get, they're going to send out the child credit, um, account child care credit in July for parents who have children, you're getting extra money a month. Use that to save. Like I use my um, income tax return. Every year I just take half of that and put it into a savings account. Like you have to start thinking ahead, like, all right, you can't get three months saved. Where are you getting cash from that you can put some away? You know, you have to start being creative with the way you save. Once you get three months, I got three months. Then I started doing a mutual fund. Put, put some in there, put two months in there. Then the next time I get more money, put it back in my savings, another savings account. So be creative with it. So yeah, six, I say six months to keep I like that. Safe. Yeah. I, 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 and I'm the vibe I'm on is I would say six months to about a year. If you yeah, can six you months can to a year. That, right. Because, um, you know, again, I, I don't even think we're safe. Probably we'll get a little better uh, now that we have vaccines this year in 2022. Um, but the financial recovery of it, I probably won't and, be to another year yeah. or two after that, right? And, and also think about it. A lot of people from our, our community, our culture, we had service-based jobs. And those are, are going to be obsolete soon. If you if you see the way that's going, digital, like if you go to, when I used to go to the airport, you didn't have a waitress. You had a digital um, keypad, not uh, iPad, where you ordered your food and then someone bought it out. So they're going to start moving, putting that in a lot of places now to get rid of all the um, employees. Cause it's like, okay, we got to start finding ways to stretch our budget and save our money. So you want to start thinking ahead and, and a great way for you, if you really like, well, I don't make that much money. I need to save, take that stimulus check they give you. You know, some people are still receiving their stimulus check. Take your income tax. Don't go out and splurge. You know, you don't need another pair of sneakers or you don't need a new outfit. Or PS5 and, and all this other away. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now is the time to start doing it. I mean, when I got the last stimulus check, that money went right into a high yield savings account because I'm thinking ahead. You got to start thinking ahead and not at the, not at the present moment. Right? Exactly. And I think that's the that's the bad habit um, that we have to break. Not only just black people, but like you said before, too, just us in general minorities. I really want to speak to minorities. I'm sorry if I sound biased on this program, <laughs> but minorities are my point of focus. I'm sorry. And I no, no matter of fact, I'm not sorry. I'm unapologetic about this. The target audience for this episode you are minorities. <laughs> okay. Latinos and African-Americans, black people, you know, Asians, right? Anybody that's struggling, that's listening to this, you know what I mean? This episode is for you because you, there's too many times I want us to personally get out of, I see this trend also on social media where it's like, everybody's looking forward to a stimulus check. It's like, woohoo, like my $1,200 is coming or my $600 is coming. And the first thing I say in my mind is like, if you waiting on that, then your financial status isn't good because when you have money, 
right? Like when you're financially set and you have money, you don't really look forward to like a bonus. Like everybody likes free money. Like let's just yeah, of money. course, However, I love free money, <laughs> right? Like everybody likes free money, but it's the way you go about receiving it, yeah. right? If if you're so excited as to like, you know, oh, you, know, I'm gonna get this and I'm gonna do that. No, like the attitude should be like, okay, I'm gonna get this and like what you said earlier. I'm going to invest this. So I'm going to put this in savings. Um, you know, that's when you kind of know, okay, you know, you're on the right path. And, and I think that's what we need to correct is we need to correct our behavior. Um, and yeah. then not only once we correct our behavior, but then just educate ourselves. Right. Yeah. We need, we need to shift our mindset. Um, like I said before, we stop being a consumer and be an investor and investor doesn't have to just be about stocks. Um, invest, invest in yourself, invest in your family. Um, you know, invest in you. And that's, that's important. Um, it's very important for us. We have to switch, uh, switch our mindset. We have to change and think outside the box and think about what is future Shakira going to do when she's 67 years old. You know, we we think that, oh, when we 67, we're going to still be working. What if you can't work? What if your body physically won't let you work? What are you going to do then? You got to get your retirement plan together. You got to get your insurances together. Like this year alone, I, um, donated to three GoFundMe accounts for people who died and didn't have life insurance. It's like, it's 2021. Everyone should have a policy. It's right? like, you need, you, especially after what happened last year where people were, people lost their lives. It should push you even more to, to get a policy into place. And if you don't have it, there's no need to be ashamed. We're here now to fix it. Like, even if your your savings is not where it wants to be, you're here now. Let's fix it. What are you going to do right now to fix it? Don't think about, oh, it should have been here. It should have been there. Let's let's get it done. Let's get it fixed right now. And it's so not change, the, and change it's our not, whole mindset. Exactly. And I, I think that's the key point. What I love about uh, this this segment and this portion that we're talking about is changing the mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong at all with saying you need help, right? Or mm-hmm. or just saying, okay, I need to come up with a plan and I need to fix this situation because um, you don't want to struggle. You don't want to consistently struggle. And me personally, I'm always thinking about the rainy days, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about, I don't take Shakira, when I tell you, I don't take anything for granted. I'm probably one of the handful of people that's actually thriving during this period. However, I know in a split second, it could be all taken away, right? It can all be, it can all be taken away from me. I could lose my job. I'm very fortunate that I did not have to dip into my savings um, during this whole year and a half. I'm very fortunate, very blessed that, I mean, I used some savings for some strategy to pay down some loans that were like a small balance and I wanted to get them off my um, credit. But other than that, my savings have stayed intact and it's very, it's, I'm very fortunate for that. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's been a rough year and a half. It's been a rough year and a half. And like, if you're not there, let me help you get there. <laughs> I mean, I'm a single mom that runs, that has three kids and runs my household. You, who better to, t- to take advice from? <laughs> right? So like, at what, at what age, in terms of life insurance and all of this, if I put an age on, I feel like any age is, is, is appropriate, I, but I definitely like, do. What, what I, age is like, you like, okay, this is like the cutoff, right? When you like, okay. Cause I feel like mentally, I don't know. I feel like by 40, 
and I'm already, I'm, I'm 43, so I'm past 40 and I've been saving, but I feel oh, like- You look good, that crack, that black little crack. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I try to drink my water and stuff. Hello. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like, I feel like by 40, you should start saving, right? Because like, this is, all right, this is how I was mentally looking at it. I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I need, let's just say when we put 65 as the retirement age, even though some Mm -hmm. people are strong enough and they work past that, um, Mm -hmm. by 40, that's 25 years of saving. So it's even at that point, it's still not too late for you, right? Because you had 20 years where you were like, okay, like, you know, I'm spending money. I'm having a good time. I'm traveling. I had all the Jordans. I'm crushed to death all the iPhones and all that other stuff, but I got nothing to show for it. And I got bad credit and I got no investments and I got no life insurance. What am I doing with my life? Right. So I feel like for me, 40 is the time that's like probably your last stand with you, or maybe 45 or 20 years. Um, But what would you say is like the cutoff point where you should start getting it together? I say the sooner the better time is is on your side. Um, I've written policies for um, my cousins who are one of them. She's she's 20, her and her boyfriend. Their life insurance policy is $20 a month. So the sooner you start, the better. Because what happens, they have a term policy that can be converted to a whole life. And then, so you you lock, what you do is you lock in that good health class. Because when you're 20, you have perfect health. You know, you're great. Your, you know, kidneys are functioning. Your liver's working good. It'll get, it'll get, hey, guess. So you want to start as soon as possible. Um, same thing with investing, um, with, with put saving for retirement. You can start in your 20s when you get your first job. Now, if you're 40 or 50 and you realize, oh my God, I haven't had anything saved, you can still start. Um, things will be a little bit more expensive. Your insurance policy might be a little bit more, which is okay because you get your, you get an insured. Um, as far as investments, you got to be, get real creative. You know, you do some stocks, you do some um, retirement plans, you do some whole life insurance. Um, you also look into real estate, look into other ways to, to, to bring in money. So I would suggest you start as soon as possible, but if you're 40, 45, 50, and you just got privy to this, let's, let's get a plan in place. Know that it's going to be a little bit more work, a lot, a lot more sacrifice, um, but you can definitely do it and still retire with, you know, comfortable. Once you learn that how to really make your money work for you, that's, that's the goal. Learn how to make your money work for you. Even in retirement, you want to be able, be in investments that's going to make your money still work for you. You know, you don't just want to have a 401k, have an IRA, have social security and not have it still working for you. That's, that's the key to have our money still working for us, still investing, whether that be real estate, if you have own property, you have money, passive income still coming in, whether it be you're still in the stock market, always think about having your money still work for you. Absolutely. I want to talk to our young people real quick as well, too, because um, in, in specifically the 18 to 25 year old demographic, the reason why I'm pointing this out is I'm going to draw off of a, a, a memory um, of when I first went to college. Um, and, and I don't know if they still do this, but I remember it at, at the time, um, and this, this was when I had enrolled in Lehman College in the Bronx, and they had all of these uh, tables with credit cards for these young kids to sign up. For <laughs> I signed up for two credit cards, right? And it was just like, I was like, yeah, I got a credit card and I'm like, I'm just spending stuff. And then before I knew it, I was like five grand in debt, like a year later. Yes, it happens not. just like right? this. Like, and I don't know if yep. that's still a thing. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, it should stop because it's very predatory. 
They um, send you, they send it to you in, in your home because yeah. I get, my daughter gets offers, I get offers. I think the best way to do that is to educate and train. Like we, we think, um, we get all these things about credit that we think, oh, you, you supposed to buy big purchases and then pay it off. It's like, no, no, no. I'm going to, I teach all of that. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't fall in, because you fall into that trap. Where give you're the, like, give the just use your credit card, gem, right? Like, give them some gems. Um, probably, and you can go definitely go on extensive um with your class, but just like maybe give them one thing. A young person listening to this right now, um, to avoid during this period, because granted, if they once they make it to eighteen, and let's just say they they're fortunate enough, they got good credit, they got a clean slate. What's the what's the number one thing that they they could probably do for themselves? financially that could set them up really good for the future that you would recommend um set them up really good for the future don't first don't mess up your credit um and my advice for that not to mess up your credit is unless you're going to pay it off in full don't buy it because i think we we see the minimum and we go oh well i can i can put two thousand dollars on this five thousand dollar card and and pay it off over time that is your that's the worst thing to do whatever you buy because my grandma, when we, when I got my first credit card, she was like, oh, just make sure you pay a, a percentage of it each month. No, no. Pay the full mm-hmm. thing. Pay, pay the, the whole thing. That's right. Don't pay the minimum. Full. Don't pay and the if you, Yeah. The minimum, it, it drags you out. You end up paying instead of it taking you. Um, you end, It adds more time to your payment because it adds more interest, which, you know, be careful. Those APR rates, those 20 percent, 25 percent APR rates. That means that by the end of the cycle, if that balance is not full, they're going to times that interest rate by what you have left. So you wanted the my number one tip for people is whenever you swipe that card, know that you have the money to cover that expense. Don't count on paying the minimum every month or paying a little bit over the minimum every month. Have it and pay it off. It's the best, the best advice I can. And I give think, you. yeah, and I think the the yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for that. I think the most simplest way to break it down too, um, in parallel and piggyback off piggybacking off what you said is you know, you buy a pair of Jordans or a pair of sneakers, whatever, $200, you put it on your credit card. You wait a month. You, you Let's say, for example, you paid a minimum. You paid a $50 on that $200 pair of sneakers that you got. You're going to, by the time you keep paying a minimum balance, minimum balance, you're going to spend like $400, double the amount of what you originally paid if you had the cash, right? So like you said, paying things in full, if you know that you can't pay for it in full, um, then don't do it, right? Um, some other financial advice, and I just want you to co-sign or let me know if it's true or if it's not, but these are little things that I learned, um, is, uh, in terms of like, if you can afford something to, in, in terms of building your credit and raising your credit score, put it on your credit card and pay it off right away. Right. So something small, even if it's something like, okay, groceries, right. Instead of just paying yes. cash mm-hmm. for it. If you know your grocery bill, every time you go out is 80 bucks, put it on your credit card, pay it off that day and continue that pattern because yes. you're building. That's the very, is that, is that's that correct? A, yeah. That's how I did mine. Um, Because when I first got my credit score, like I, I paid off for my credit card bill payment, paid off for my credit cards. And I was like, Oh my God, my credit score should be X, Y, and Z. The next month, it wasn't because what was happening was I wasn't using a card. Groceries is one thing that I did. I used gro- use my card to buy groceries and then pays it off because what they want to see is that not only um, can you spend, can you pay, can you make it a habit? Can can you spend, pay, spend, pay, spend, pay? They want to see it consistent with you. They don't want to see you spend, pay, and then don't use it anymore because to them, it means you can't control yourself. 
So it's, it's a bunch of tricks that they use to get you. Also, another thing that I learned um, was to split my payments up into two payments. So I would pay half of it two weeks before it was due. And then the other half, I would pay a couple of days before it was due just to trick them because they always say, okay, she got money. She's constantly paying. She's constantly spending. We like her. We like her. So yeah, so there's a lot of things, but the grocery thing is smart. I also have my gym membership on my credit card because that way I know I'm going to always pay that. You know, it's stuff that you always are going to pay that you put on your um your credit card. Stay away from the big purchases, unless, like I said, you have that money to pay it off right away. <laughs> but the, and it's very tempting, exactly. especially when you sign up for a credit card. Yeah. They want to give you all these points. American Express is great for that. Oh, you spend $5,000 within the next three months. We give you 25,000 points. It's like, be careful of that. Be very careful. And it's, it's like you have to yeah. learn how to use the credit card and use it to your benefit. So, for example, I have a Costco card. And at the end of the year, last year, um, what I had like close to $200 cash back, right? To use in Costco. I was like, this is amazing. Nice. But I built it because mm-hmm. like, I would always use that card for gas. I would always use that. Like I knew, mm-hmm. know the benefits of your credit card. Do first of all, before you yep, sign up for a credit yes. card, right? Mm-hmm. Know what your perks are, know what your rewards are and use it accordingly, mm-hmm. right? And then exactly. like you said, mm-hmm. Small purchases, small little meaningless purchases, you know, you could pay off when like when the when we weren't in lockdown and things like that, going to the movies, mm-hmm. put it on the credit card. That's nothing more yep. than 50 bucks. Pay, it off. pay that off right away. Right. Or grocery bills. Pay that off right away. Right. And build it because what they don't tell you, too, is inactivity on your credit card. Yep. It reflects poorly it's, on you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Inactivity is is another uh, factor that can weigh it down. Um having high balances, they they tell you to keep it under, keep your utilization rate 30%. That's a lie, 6% and under. I thought it was 30, yeah. Was, I thought that was the standard, yeah, right? 30%. They say 30%, but they are lying to you. It's 6%. You keep it at 6% and under, and you, you keep your credit score good. There's a lot of things they tell you that you think, oh, no, they told me this. I learned the hard way. I'm like, wait a minute, why is my credit score went down two points? And then I looked, 6% utilization. Look at that. Six percent. Look at that. See Keep all these little tricks that they do. That's crazy. One more thing too. Uh, while we're on the on the whole credit card things, credit cards versus debit cards. Now I don't use my debit card. I just feel like is, in my personal opinion, and I've got I've gotten, I've heard people that are really in the financial game talk really bad about um, debit cards in terms of just use. But the thing about it is like when you think about it in terms of building credit, it doesn't really help you. No, in it doesn't, means, doesn't right? help you. So like, is it is it better to just use it if you're, in terms of, and if we're speaking in terms of establishing your credit, just go the credit card route and use the measures that we outlined in our discussion. Is that correct? Yes, but make sure you're disciplined because your credit, you can, you can start, you can start swiping that card and swiping that card. Like for instance, I linked my credit card to my Amazon account. Bad move. (laughs) (laughs) Bad move. So you got, you got to be careful. Like I'm very disciplined. I check my credit score often. Um, And just so you know, you don't get penalized for checking your credit score. That was another thing that many people thought you should often check your credit score. Oh really? I thought that as well too. No, it doesn't. It does not. It's a lot of discrepancies that you can fix and get removed if you constantly check in and making sure it's it's good. Um, just I would say use your credit card more, but you have to be disciplined. You have to know yourself and know that you can put yourself on a limit. If you know that you're going to go out and use that credit card and 
and overspend, put use a debit card. You do the overdraft fees, then that'll teach you a lesson. Right? <laughs> it's like, well, what about? <laughs> let me know if this is a myth as well. What about when um you're applying for things? Because I was always told limit what you apply for because yes. the mm-hmm. inquiries um on yes. your credit right mm-hmm. is, reflects yes. poorly. Is that true? That's that's now that's true. You have to be careful of those hard inquiries. Um, mortgage companies leave a hard inquiry. Um, credit card companies leave a hard inquiry. Those those do impact your your credit score, and that's why they say like if ever anyone's looking for a home. You try to get all the mortgage lenders to do the 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 checks within the same period, because then it counts as one, as opposed to having one do this week, the next one do two weeks out, three weeks out. Those are different, separate hard inquiries on your credit report that could could have an impact on your score. Definitely, yeah. I, I would say my advice with that as well too is if 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 you know it's something that you're not interested in investing in or buying, don't use your credit. Don't do it. Right. Don't don't do it because that stuff will definitely be marks against you. And I would say, I don't know, is it safe to say that like a debit card is just obsolete? Like, is that the vibe we on now? Um, I don't use my debit kinda, card at all. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> is because now I use every time I go somewhere, it's like you take Google Pay. Right. <laughs> like, I got the Apple I Watch. Like, you know? I just, <laughs> like my Galaxy Watch. Yeah, that, that's it is. It is becoming obsolete a little bit because my debit card stays on my desk in my in my room. I just use I just carry my phone and just swipe it and just like eh, eh, that's it so yeah it kind of is and like i'm running through it through my mind like as i think about it now and i'm like i can't think of one thing that a debit card is really useful for unless mm-hmm. unless you have really poor credit and can't get a credit card and yeah. whatever you have in your account you know what i mean so what you're gonna spend but with, yeah. and you know this right but you notice like even when you go to travel and stuff like that they don't take debit cards they take your they, credit card they they don't want you know what i mean like they don't take credit because they want that guarantee they look like, at you yeah they look at you like no we don't take credit we don't take like, that. Nope. Like, we want a credit card. <laughs> Right. I'm I'm revealing. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm going to I reveal a lot of stuff, man. I'm going to reveal. So I remember the first time I went on vacation. And uh, again, this is my 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 illiterate financial planning. (laughs) And, you know, when you go on vacation, let me tell you something. You think that you don't pay for your hotel and you don't pay for the plane ticket and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, I have my debit card and I have my credit card. And then they was like they put a certain amount on hold. And I only had 200 because of my credit limit. I only had $200. And I was like, what? And like, again, right? Because it was my first vacation. I was I was overseas. I was so happy. But then I say to myself, well, I'm broke. I was like, thank goodness I, it's all inclusive. Because if I want to go out and buy a bunch of things, I could have been in trouble. <laughs> I would have been in trouble, right? So, you know, again, like, you know, you have to be conscious of not only your financial position, um, but the amount of money that you have saved. And then even when the time does come, when you know you you want to enjoy your money, right? You want to be able to spend money and go on vacation and stuff like that. But you also have to make sure that you have extra money for things, you know, unforeseen occurrences, right? Right, oh, yeah, traveling traveling right? is expensive. Traveling. Yeah. Travel it's is so expensive. expensive. Like it's so and like you you traveling, you should also have an account if you want to be really disciplined. Um have an account, a bank account just for traveling when you put money away just for that because you can get hit with so many different fees. Um, you know, they do put a hold when you go certain places on your credit card. 
Um, sometimes you your baggage may go over weight at the airport and you got to pay $50. Like, you know, there's so many things that pop up and you don't want to go on vacation looking like you have no money. Right. You got this nice big suite and you can't, you can't, you, you, you can't, 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 you can't, you, you can't do any versions because you didn't bring any money. <laughs> right. But, you know, I share, I share these stories and I share with anybody that's listening because, like, I laugh at it now. It wasn't funny at the time, but I laugh at it now because, you know, this is how we learn. This is how I learned, right? I learned, you know, I had bad credit and I improved my credit. You know, I have a nice car. I have a good job. I make a good salary. I have extra income coming in. Um, and you, I learned it through failures, right? You have to yeah. learn it through failures. Those, um, sometimes those are the best lessons you um you get. Those are the experiences that you learn from are, are are key to help you really grasp what's going on. There are some people who get hard lessons and they still never learn anything. They just keep keep repeating the cycle. But some of the, the, the lessons I learned, which made me the saver I am today, the budgeter and the investor is from bad experiences you take them and you you make good out of them and as long as you learn from them it's okay right like as long as you yeah. learn mm-hmm. it's, it's like you just don't want to continue to struggle and it's like i hate to see us in in minorities as just as a whole i hate to see us struggle because we i just see so many of us we struggle so much in terms of finances and it just yeah. doesn't have to be that way right it doesn't and right now we're at i mean there are still some um some some you know there are still some systems in place to keep us down, but we have the power to rise over those systems. Um, we right now we have so much not so much information that our generations before us did not have access to. We have it, and now the spotlight is on. Now that you know this, what are you going to do different? Mm-hmm. You know, now that you know that you need you can save for retirement and live the life that you want to live. What sacrifices or what are you going to do now so that you can have that life in, in the future? So I think there are we just need to, to to take a step back and look and see what do we what goals do we want and find a way to obtain it because they're all attainable. For years, I thought that certain things weren't attainable for us. But I find out that that's just a lie that we can reach certain areas, certain goals in our life and we can get to where we want to go. It just takes hard work and consistency. Um, it does. And the third and the third thing to that is the discipline. That's that yes, I would say that's the main is, yeah. part. We have mm-hmm. to be disciplined in terms of budgeting. Um, we have to stop the impulse buying, and then we have to yes. understand the importance of our financial situation and then just yeah. continue to build off of that, right? Yeah, we definitely have to learn about investing. You know, investing is is tricky, there's a lot of risk in it, but you have to sit down and educate yourself because uh, people have been investing for years. Your bank invests your money into the into the stock market, and they get they make money off of it. Investing is going to push our people ahead, and it's going to get us a life we want to get. But again, discipline, hard work, and commitment. You have to be willing to to make a little sacrifice to get the life that you want to have. Exactly, and I think I think I don't know. You 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 let me know if this if this is the right way of thinking. But like every dollar that comes in that I earn. Before I spend it, I'm just like, do it. Like, is this person or is this institution worth my dollar? 
right? Like that's exactly. just the vibe that I've been on, right? I'm like, that's a good vibe. That's a very yeah, good I'm vibe. I'm like, is this worth my money? Is it worth my money? Where's this money going, right? Other than like frivolously, because it's hard to get that money. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like they'll sit up and debate, even when it comes down and I'll, and I'll watch these political debates or I'll, I'll follow the political news. And, you know, you have rich people deciding whether the average person is deserving of $1,200. Well, guess what? Yeah. Are you deserving of my money, right? Like, yes, like exactly. I think about stuff like that. I don't know. It gets real deep with me. Like, yeah, it's, that's how that's how it should be. That's when you're going over your budget because you're looking at um, what it costs for you to make this money. And is it what you're going to use it for? Is it really equivalent to the cost of what it took you to make this money? Like, you have to really think about that. And also, I just want to mention this because I didn't get to do it earlier. Um, we're taught in our community to pay the bills first instead of paying ourselves first. And that's one thing that I'm trying to change with people. Pay yourself first. That means your your savings account, your education. And once you do that and invest in yourself first, you're going to see the difference it is when you give to other people. It's going to be easier because now instead of paying all your bills and then saying, well, maybe I could put $100 in the savings, you're putting $100 into your savings first and then you're paying your bills because that that's what we need to change the way we think too as well. And that's a, I think that's a good strategy because let's say, for example, if the bills are falling behind, you got the savings to fall back on because it's already there, right? Mm-hmm. Your little rainy day fund and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. We covered a lot, man. Like, I'm so glad I had you guys. Yeah, this, this, is like, a lot. <laughs> this was a really good discussion. Like anybody is listening to this and don't get any value or don't get any type of financial literacy, yeah. then like, I don't know what to tell you. But um, I, I feel like these conversations need to be had more often. They um, do. Just because... A lot of people don't know, like you don't know, you you want to try this, but you heard about it, but you don't know if you should, but no, we have a conversation. Let's talk it through. Let's go over it. You know, it, it's, it's important. It's very important. And it's how it's going to move our culture for it. Cause that's both our, our mission, your mission, Jay, and my mission is to move our culture for it and just give us something better than what we had. Exactly. And I, and I'm, you know, and this is just how I feel about it personally. I mean, I, I could care less about, how about how anyone else feels? But when I look back at history and I look at Tulsa, Oklahoma and in a in thriving black community we had there in the black Wall Street and things like that um, and how that was all torn apart. Um, you know, I just envision like us in in I was recently I, I don't know I wish I remember what documentary I saw this on, but um. Atlanta, which I do give credit to, is thriving because it's the only, yeah, it's the only city in the United States which has the majority um, number of Black businesses. And I applaud Atlanta for that, right? Because what I, what the trend is, what I tend to find um, is it's easier uh, to get a, a student loan than to get a business loan. Why is I was it, going to like, bring like, that what, up. What it is, is so, that about? Like, why it, can't we get $120,000 in student debt? But if we want $120,000 towards nope, a business, we can't get, we it. Can't get mm-hmm. it. What is that about? Like, right? And I don't know if it's systemically set up that way. It is, it is systemically set up. And I'm going to say that it is very much so. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy. And that's why, I don't know if you're familiar, it's uh, a guy in the land, his name is Him500. He like he's building his business. He's he's amazing. Um, he actually has he gives out loans to people, black people for their businesses. Like Love he's it. like, look, we're not gonna wait for them to to help us set up. We're gonna do it ourselves, you know. So it 
it's it's very true. What you're saying has a lot of truth and valid to, valid to a point to it because they do make it easy for us to get a student loan so we could be in debt as opposed to us getting a business loan. It's sad. Exactly. And like, that's the option that I was thinking too, for young people coming out of college. I mean, coming out of high school is like, mm-hmm. if you're a young person, especially a, a minority coming out of a high school, you know, I understand like college isn't for everybody. And you know what, at the end of the day, what people don't realize is college is also a business. Okay. So mm-hmm. they're set up with these, there's a reason why tuition is so high and it shouldn't be that high, right? Like, you know, even I go into my, my education at Columbia um, and, and per semester, it would range anywhere between 20 to 60,000 per semester. Okay. And then like, to me, that was just always ridiculous to me. Like I never understood that. So like, why is it that a young person that graduates from high school, maybe they got a good idea in terms of starting a business. I understand maybe 120,000 is too risky, but maybe 10,000 towards something right um so i just think that the, the 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 playing field needs to be leveled and leveraged uh for young entrepreneurs and i'm glad and hopefully if i'm ever in a position where i come into a mass amount of money um or success i would love to do something like that even set aside investments into young entrepreneurs and black entrepreneurs to help them because we that's what we need right like that's exactly we don't need debt we don't need lifelong debt like the education great that's fine but it doesn't have to be that expensive i'm sorry it just doesn't right and if you have something where there's a payment plan in place or something like that. I think if more of us that are successful, um, you know, we talk black excellence and, you know, I look at the Jay-Z's and the, and the, and the, and the ditties and stuff, and I'm pretty sure they're doing great things to give back. But I think if more of our black elites um, are coming together and providing institutions uh, for people of color, I think we're going to be a lot better off. And the communities, right, the thriving communities that we've seen 100 years ago, um, we'll continue to rise. We'll see black banks. We'll see loan officers, uh, people like yourself that are financial advisors that can help us get out the rut and move forward. Man, I think it's a beautiful thing and it needs to happen. It's it's, it's coming. It's com- We're getting there. Um, a lot of people, when I speak to them, they go, oh, well, you know, black people. I'm like, get, cut all that black people mess up. <laughs> there are black people who want to change. So yeah. stop, stop focusing on the 5% of black people you see who don't want to change and make it in a general um, notation of all Black people. There are a lot of Black people who want to make a difference, who want to build something for their children to leave behind. So people always hit me with that. Oh, you know, well, you can't change a Black person. No, no, that's just the people you know. There yeah. are people out there who really want to make a difference and really want this life-changing information to, to set themselves up for better. So exactly, I feel that we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, it's going to take a lot of uh, patience and creative thinking to push people forward, but I am confident that our people will, will get there. That is beautiful. Uh, listen, we went over a lot today. I mean, yeah, everything <laughs> from like you gave, you gave so much information to these listeners. I think everything from the importance of having a saving account, right. Um, had the importance of having life insurance, um, <clears throat> proper spending habits, 
how to utilize a credit card, how to fix your credit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of valuable stuff that's here um, that I really appreciate. Uh, my suggestion to you, and if at any point you decide to do this weeks, months from now, whatever, I would love to be a part of it. But I think would be I think what would be beneficial too is for you to do a, a Facebook Live, an Instagram Live. Um, yes. And I'm I would coming love out to, of my show. Okay, I'm yeah, I would love to. Show. I would love to join you on that and combine our audiences, and I would promote. Oh, that that'd as be well. great. Um, and yeah, we do a Facebook Live, and we just filter questions and we answer questions because I think people listening to this, this would be a, a nice little springboard for them that you can answer questions on the spot. Um, and with that, so you decide when you want to do that. I support. That's just a little nugget I'm throwing your way and letting yep. you know that I, I, I received I was, it. I received it. And <laughs> put it in my head to work on it. <laughs> I would love to be a part of that. So you let me know when and where, and I'm and I'm I'm on board. Um, and then I would just say uh, right now because I think I've gotten everything that I could get from you without mm-hmm. giving too much away because I do want people to come um, for for a consultation to to, to you. Uh, so I would say this is your opportunity to talk about you know what you offer and if there's any resources that uh, you can provide uh, via a website or your social. Now's your time to talk talk about it. So um, as I said, I am a financial planner. Um, I'm a black financial planner. I, I emphasize the word black to let you know that I am a black financial planner. I run a financial planning practice that offers people a comprehensive financial plan um, targeted towards your zero to three year goal, four to 10 year goal, or 10 year plus goal. My services have no fee. I am really here to give back to the community. I start with education um, and then we go by what you need. I do sell life insurance and investment products, but that's not the um, the gist of why we will meet. We will meet just to get you set up for your plan. So don't ever think that if you come do a session with me, you have to buy something. It's all about what you need at that particular moment. Um, you can find me on IG at I am Sam underscore 18. Um, I am working on my website right now, so it's not up and running. But if you hit me on IG, I will respond to you. Um, our sessions last about 45 to 60 minutes. They're done via Zoom. So it doesn't matter what state you're in in the United States, you can take advantage of this service. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, I'm here to educate and move the culture forward. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And and again, anybody listening to this, there's nothing wrong with a free consultation like this. I always think I'm always grateful of people time, um, even especially people to come on this show and just put time aside to uh, talk to our listeners. So, you know, you have a resource here that will who will help you um, and she will take personal time out her day to help you move forward. And, and thank you for saying that, too, because uh, I think a lot of times people are hesitant because they feel like it's a sales pitch or something like that. And and it doesn't have to it, be. They, they think that. It is like, yeah. no, they go, well, I don't want to buy anything. I don't want you to buy anything because I don't know if you need anything. You might not need anything from me, but you might need me to help you put a plan together or get a budget or think about your retirement package. Like, doesn't, to me, you buying something is not my agenda. My agenda is to get you set up for your goals, your financial goals. There we go. There we have it, man. Shakira, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Jay, for having me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure as always. No problem. And and not only are you a friend of the show, you're a personal friend. So um, anything yep. that I can ever do. Yes, it goes like years. Yep. And to help our people, <laughs> I'm always going to be there for that. Um, keep me posted if you care to do a, a Facebook Live because I will promote that. I think that um, a live session is essential because 
we can have people uh, ask questions on the spot. And I think that's something that'll be uh, very, very fruitful. So we'll talk more about uh, behind the scenes about that if you if you ever want to do that. And um, we'll get that in motion. But thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, yeah, I really admire you. Like, seriously, you. Thank the you. day I met you, you was always very community-based and bringing people together, bringing mm-hmm. our people together. And, and I'm a people collector. And you're one of the people <laughs> that I collected in my circle. So, thank uh, you, thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> problem man so thanks so much so guys listen to the advice that we give you i hope that it was really really good you know this is stuff that the people actually go out and pay for okay i can tell you that firsthand um coming working 13 years in the financial district uh they, there's actually people that pay for this advice and you got a lot of information for free over an hour for free so um <clears throat> again you can you could definitely find her at i am sam on on ig i am sam 18 and we'll have that information for you um if you need any additional information She's a friend, so I could always reach out. So just shoot us an email at fithealthwell at gmail.com. And again, you can always follow us on all of our socials at fithealthwell. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate every episode that you guys download. Please feel free to share if you appreciate the content. And until the next episode, I'll see you guys later. Have a great day.